0: You know this is the Sunday before Christmas and it's normally a Sunday that we set aside and I give have the opportunity to share a message about Christmas which I'm going to be doing today but I want to just take a minute I want to ask you to do something with me I want you to, to think about Christmas you know last Sunday we had an amazing production uh, I want to say thank you to Pastor Jeremy, to Pastor Aaron, to everybody who had a hand in it. They wrote it all, they put it all together, did an amazing job, just outstanding. And we recreated in, in a comical way, in a different way, the story of Christmas. But I want you to think about Christmas because I love the Christmas season because everywhere you turn, you're hearing about miracles, miracles, miracles. When you read and reenact the Christmas story, it's one miracle after another. Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the wise men, it goes on and on and on. But in this season today, I want us to ask God to speak into our hearts, maybe something fresh, something new, something that meets us right where we are, that in this Christmas season, we can be aware Of what God was trying to tell us when he sent his son to earth. I mean, the very thought, God coming to earth in flesh, the very thought of it, it's a miracle to make that happen. You know, I love it that I can go into the mall this time of the year and I hear Christmas carols playing. Uh, Some of our department stores have signs about believe And I think, isn't that great that they're telling people to believe? I know they're talking about Santa, but we know what's really behind the story. But the point in all of that is, very simply, God came to earth as a child, as a baby, took on flesh like you and me. And sometimes in the busyness and the commercialization of Christmas, we we can tend to miss the message that God was trying to get across to us. So today, what I want to do, in just the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about Joseph. Not Jesus at the moment, not Mary, not the wise men, the shepherds, but I want to talk about Joseph. Something very specific that Joseph had happened in his life and some things he followed through with that I think help us understand the message of Christmas. Before we read from Matthew chapter 1, let me tell you about three specific things that happened with Joseph. First of all, the the Christmas story begins with Mary having a visitation of an angel who tells her that God wants to put his son in her womb. But even though she's had no relationship with a man, she would give birth to the Son of God, and she said, so be it. Well, several days later, her fiancé, Joseph, has received the news that his girlfriend, his fiancé, his wife-to-be, The woman to who he's engaged, the woman he loves, is expecting a baby. And she's telling him, God did it. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. An angel appeared to me and told me about all of this. Now, we all know the Christmas story, and most of us in the house would say, well, I believe God can do that. Great, but let's just stop for a moment and be real about this. Put yourself in the place of Joseph. Joseph is obviously wrestling with the situation we read about Joseph, it says that Joseph is so in turmoil over this. He loves this woman. He wants to marry her, but yet she's pregnant. She's expecting a baby. He knows it's not his, and he, she, she's now telling him that this is God's doing. And Scripture tells us that Joseph comes to a place where he says, you know what, I, 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 I can't deal with all this. I don't know what to believe. And so he's decided what he's going to do to spare her shame to spare him a lot of embarrassment and having to answer a lot of questions. He's going to take her far away and put her away, put her in hiding for a season, call off the engagement, forget the whole thing, and then she can go on with her life and he can go on with his life. And he goes down to go to sleep that night. He's got his mind made up. This is what I'm going to do. And that night in his sleep, an angel appears to him in a dream and says, Joseph, Mary's telling you the truth. The child that she's carrying, it is the work of the Holy Spirit. God is involved here. She's going to give birth to the very Son of God. So go ahead and marry her. It's going to be okay. Joseph wakes up the next morning after this dream, and Scripture says immediately he goes and does exactly what the angel of the Lord had told him to do. Now, there's a lot in this part of the story But I think the most significant thing of all is that Joseph married a pregnant woman who was pregnant with a baby that was not his because he received God's word and God told him to. It's a miraculous thing. But then there's a second story where after Jesus is born there in the manger and after later on the wise men come to visit Jesus and bring their gifts... Herod has found out that there's this baby born who's supposed to be the new king. So Herod has sent the wise men to, the wise men to find him and bring news of where he is. Well, they're warned by God and they go home a different direction and go, don't go back to Herod. So Herod is angry and Herod has decided he's going to kill all the male babies 2 years of age and under. And in the night, an angel once again appears to Joseph in a dream and says, "You need to get up immediately take your family, go to Egypt and stay there until Herod is dead, and then I'll tell you when the coast is clear and you can come back to your homeland. The next morning, it says that he gets up, he makes preparations, and then they take off by night and they slip out of the country and they go into a foreign land, Egypt, to begin to raise their son. Now think about that. He left his homeland, he moved to a strange land, at God's word, at God's direction, and then he became a part of biblical prophecy being fulfilled. The scripture told us in the Old Testament that God would call his son out of Egypt. Not only that, over the next several days, Herod sets out to kill all the babies two years of age and under in his homeland. So here he is in a land where he doesn't even know the people. They probably speak different languages, they have different customs. He's here in a strange land. He's given up all of his dreams and hopes, everything he had planned. It all got turned upside down because God told him to do so. Pretty miraculous. But then there's one more thing. While he's in Egypt, we don't know if he's there a few weeks, a few months, or a year or two. We don't know. But after a period of time, once again, he has a dream. An angel appears to him and says, the coast is clear. Herod is dead. You can now go back home. So he goes back and resettles in the land of Israel. And prophecy, once again, is fulfilled. There's a lot of things to look at in the life of Joseph. Joseph. But there there are probably three things that really stand out in my mind most of all. Number one, Joseph was open to God's plans. Joseph was open to God's plans. Joseph was willing to set all of his plans aside. Okay, I'm going to marry this woman right in the middle of all these I'm going to marry her. We're going to go on this journey. We're going to come back home. We're going to get settled here. We're going to start our family here. We're going to raise God's son, and I'm going to be a carpenter, have my own business, and then I'll do this for several years. We'll have more children, and then da-da-da-da. All these plans are set aside, and Joseph begins to live a life where he goes from place to place to place over a period of time. Because God has a different plan. Let me ask you today. Are you willing to lay aside your plans for God's plans? You may be right in the middle of where God wants you. But God may be trying to lead you into some new places for new purposes And one of the things that happens oftentimes in our hearts is we get set in where we are and we like it there and we drive down our roots and we look over our shoulder and say, oh, look what God has done. This is where God wants me. And we fail to realize that God may have a bigger plan for our lives. We have to be open to God's plans. Number two, the second thing about Joseph that really amazes me is he was so quick to obey God's instructions every time he heard from god in a dream when an angel appeared immediately he obeyed immediately everybody say immediately immediately Immediately. is so important that we understand when god gives us instructions we need to respond immediately even if god says in four weeks i want you to move we need to start getting ready right now to move in four weeks why is that because human nature is if we don't respond in faith to something miraculous When God gives us instructions, we tend to talk ourselves out of it. I know there's a lot of us who through the years have said, well, why isn't God talking to me anymore? Why don't I I hear from God anymore? Well, probably it's because we didn't do the last thing he told us to do, and he's waiting for us to finish that so he can give us the next instructions. Joseph was quick immediately. He was willing to pick up his family and go wherever God sent them. And then the third thing It seems to me from reading Scripture that Joseph, at least in those early years, was so selfless. It was never about Joseph, never about what Joseph wanted and what Joseph needed. It was always about what God wanted and what that baby needed and what Mary needed. And you see all these miraculous things that begin to happen. His own discomfort didn't matter because God had a bigger plan. And you know, at at Christmas time, the story of Christmas, it's miracle after miracle after miracle. You think that's something? Look at the life and ministry of Jesus it's miracle after miracle after miracle. And in this season, when we're thinking about miraculous things, some of us are sitting there thinking, "Well, well, I wish I could see more miracles. You know what I think? I think if we could get focused on being the receptacle that delivers the miracle rather than the recipient of the miracle, we might see a lot more miracles around us. I want to encourage you in this Christmas season, keep your heart open to see an opportunity to minister to someone who's really in need, realizing that when you release miracles into people's lives and become a blessing to them and God's power works through you, it brings more blessing into the back door of your life. Be a blessing in this Christmas season. But what I really want you to notice today, and I want to read this and have you read it with me. It's the first encounter of Joseph with the angel, the very first encounter he has. I talked about part of it, but I want you to read this with me. Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to start reading at verse 18. If you don't have a Bible or scripture with you, we'll have it on the screen. But let's look at verse number 18. in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And notice verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Notice those words. When she brings forth this son, call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Verse twenty-two. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet through the, uh, by the Lord through the prophet, saying, "Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us." Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife. And finally, verse twenty-five. And did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Two times in this story. First, the angel says, oh, and when he's born, you have to call his name Jesus. After he was born, Joseph named him Jesus. Very important instructions. Very specific You see, in Bible days, it was customary, just as it is today, to give your son a name that would carry on the family name. Thus, sometimes they would have a father's name or grandfather's name or great-grandfather's name. They would tie the names along the way, so from generation to generation, the heritage was established. Recently, Zach and Ashley had a baby boy just, what, five, six weeks ago now. And his last name is Martin. Because he's going to carry on our family name. Joseph, think about what he went through. I mean, those months leading up to the birth of Jesus. Think of all, all the problems, all the questions. Think of the trip to Bethlehem, the birth there in the stable. It was probably about two years before the wise men actually came to worship Jesus. Think about that time. And then think about after that how the angel appears and tells you to take off again. I mean, all this stuff that Joseph has been going through. When the baby is born, he's instructed, name him Jesus. Joseph didn't even get to put his own family name on that baby. Because God wanted his name on that child, not Joseph's name. God said, Name him Jesus. Jesus really comes from the Old Testament form of the name Joshua. Jehoshua is the way it is in the Old Testament. It really means God will save or God will deliver. And the angel says, Put this name on your son, call him Jesus. Because he will become a savior. He will save his people from their sins. His name needs to carry the description of what he's come to do. His name needs to carry his purpose and his mission. When he goes places, people need to recognize this is who this is and this is what he has come to do. Call his name Jesus because he's a savior for his people. I don't want you to turn there, but in John's gospel chapter 1, you know, John records the birth of Jesus very differently. He doesn't give you all all the the manger scene and the trip to Bethlehem and the birth. He doesn't give you all that. He gives you really a theological side or a doctrinal side. And John says in John 1, in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What he's saying was God had a message for mankind. His Word is his message. God had a message for mankind, and the Word, the message, became flesh, and it came and dwelt among us, the very Son of God. And what he was trying to get across to us was when Jesus was born, his very name brought a message to us, to help us to understand who he was and what he came to do what was that message what was god trying to say what was this baby jesus saying when he came into this world when they said his name will be jesus god said he has come to save you he's come to save you from everything that would seek to destroy you he has come to save you in the Old Testament, Isaiah the prophet understood this. You see, in the, in, in the, in the language of the New Testament, the word save or savior, he, he will save his people from their sins. That word savior or to save comes from an, a Greek word that is sozo, is the actual word sozo. And the word sozo has a very, very distinct meaning. It means to save. It means to deliver. It means to protect. It means to heal. It means to preserve. It means to do well and bless. It means to make completely well and whole. In other words, that word sozo, when it says he will save his people from their sins, it didn't just mean he's going to bring us salvation and get us to heaven. It means all along that journey, he's there to be involved in every aspect of life and to save you and deliver you out of everything that would try to destroy your future. That was the message that came. And Isaiah looked forward to this day. Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he began to talk about Jesus who had come. He said, Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And his name will be called wonderful. You what wonderful means in in the Hebrew? The real root word, it simply means miracle. His name, his coming to earth. It's a miracle. Come on, let's let's think about this for a moment. God is born in flesh. Of a virgin. It's a miracle in itself. His coming would be the opening of miracles that would be miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle throughout the ages to come. His name will be wonderful. And then he said his name will be Counselor. Have you ever needed good advice? Look to Jesus because he's anointed by God. He is God to be the one who can give us the counsel and advice we need for every situation in life wonderful counselor his name shall be the mighty god which means the god who's never lost a battle the one who will go to war for you and be a warrior and fight the battles that you're not able to fight he's come to do that for you not only that he's come to be the everlasting father He's the creator. He's the one who can create something out of nothing. And where there's nothing to work with, he can speak the word. And things begin to change instantaneously. And things show up that never existed before. Not only that, he'll be called the prince of peace. He'll be able to walk into your life where there's turmoil where there's hurt, where there's pain, where there's rejection, where there's loss, and just his presence will be able to drive all that away and bring peace right in the middle of the worst things you've ever imagined in your entire life. That's what he came to do. The last thing Isaiah said was here, not only that, but of the increase of his government in peace, there'll be no end. He said he's not going to just come and do it once. He's going to keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again. As our needs get bigger, his provision becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. So when the angel of the Lord said to Joseph, be sure and call his name Jesus. It was imperative that Joseph would obey because his name would tell us. This is what he's going to do and be in your life forever and ever throughout eternity. Then we look at the ministry of Jesus. For those 10 lepers who saw Jesus coming down the road and cried out, Oh, Jesus, have mercy on us. To those two, those 10 lepers, the name Jesus meant a miraculous cleansing and a miracle for their bodies. To Nicodemus, that guy who was so inquisitive, who came to Jesus under the cover of darkness, once he heard Jesus speak, he realized that the name Jesus meant a counselor, the one who's got the advice and wisdom that can walk me into a new birth and a brand new life in him. To that man who was known as Legion, who was a madman, a crazy man, demon possessed by a thousand demons who lived out in the graveyard. He came and fell down at the feet of Jesus because he realized the name of Jesus meant the mighty God has come to fight a battle and deliver me from things from which I cannot deliver myself. To the man with the withered hand. When Jesus walked up to him, when he heard the name Jesus, he knew the creator was there, the one who was about to speak the word and where there had been a withered hand, a whole new hand was about to grow and he was going to become perfectly normal because that name Jesus meant creator to him. To the disciples in the boat in the middle of the storm when they think it's about to sink, it's going to go under, they're going to lose their lives. When Jesus stepped on board and said, peace, everything got still. And the name of Jesus meant he can still any storm you will ever encounter in your life. That's what the name of Jesus meant. That was his mission. That's what he came to do. 2,000 years later. What does Jesus mean to us? See, we've we got a lot of history we got a lot of stories to read. We hear a lot of things about what Jesus is still doing in the earth today. What does Jesus mean to me today? What should Jesus mean to you? What should that name imply? The name of Jesus means everything. Because the provision of his kingdom will never, never, ever end. Acts chapter 2. Tells us whosoever will, anyone, anyone can call on the name of Jesus and be saved. Acts chapter 4 says, There's no other name that can save you except the name of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 says, God has given him a name above. Every other name. I don't care what the problem is, what the need is. I don't care who the big shot is, who the president is, who the king is, who this one is and who that one is. Ultimately, when you speak the name of Jesus, you're speaking the name that ranks above every other name. The name of Jesus. And you know, it's interesting that in the customs of the day, in the customs of the day, Among the Jews, when that male child was about eight days old, they would bring him to the temple for the purification rites. It's what we would call dedication, really. And on the eighth day after he was born, Joseph carried that baby. Let me have the other baby. Joseph came walking in with that baby to do what he had to do to dedicate that child and they said can you imagine this what's his name oh what a beautiful baby what a beautiful baby oh it's my baby boy what a beautiful baby what's his name Joseph said Call him Jesus. The angel said his name is Jesus. Everywhere he went, oh, that's a beautiful baby. What's his name? Jesus. But when Joseph said Jesus, they heard Savior. When Joseph said Jesus, they heard Miracle. When Joseph said, Jesus, they heard Counselor. When Joseph said, Jesus, they heard Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The name of Jesus says everything. Everything I'll ever need in this life is available to me. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we know about the cross. We know this baby grew up, laid down his life. <coughs> he didn't like that part. <laughs> <laughs> laid down his life so that everything that was wrong with us would be put on him. And Everything that was right with him could be put into our lives. He laid down his life. The very gates of heaven could be opened so the provision of the name of Jesus could be extended into our lives today maybe you're here today and maybe you've never embraced the name of Jesus maybe you've never understood it all as you sit here today maybe the Holy Spirit's just been knocking the door of your heart and you're realizing I need to open my heart to God I want to lead you in a prayer today and as I lead you in this prayer I want to ask you to open your heart to Jesus you say well I don't even know how to do that we do it with words we just invite him to come in. we trust him by faith I want to ask everybody here bow your heads close your eyes you don't have to yell the words but you call them out loud loudly if you want to as heads are bowed and eyes are closed I want you to repeat this prayer and wrap your heart and your faith around it today let's pray say God I need you and I open my heart to you please come into my life I understand the name of Jesus I understand what he did for me and I ask Jesus to become my savior I want you to become the Lord of my life. I give my life back to you. I will learn your ways. And I will follow you. From this day forward, you'll be my God. You'll be my Father. And I'll be your child because of Jesus.